Hey, what's going on? Shane at Shane Hubbard Fit in the Barbells and Burgers podcast. Really stoked to talk to you today about some really awesome topics. And uh, before I get started, you might notice that there is some new intro intro music uh, in today's episode. So uh, for those that are somewhat rap savvy or hip hop savvy, I've been using a hook from a Lil Wayne song called Millie. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, actually, and he was like, yeah, you should probably remove that because if you get a cease and assist, you're screwed. And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. And since the popularity of this podcast has grown uh, quite a bit since I first started, I figured, well, now if I do get a cease and assist, it will only be for the first 12 episodes instead of potentially for the first 100. So um, that's that's one of the reasons why I changed it, if not the only reason I changed it. And um, also, uh, before I get started with today's topics, um, I do want to make sure that you understand that some episodes will have some fancy four-letter words that rhyme with duck and pit and things like that. I try my best to remember when I do it so that I can put explicit content on there. I don't think any children are listening to this. I'm just uh, putting it out there. And I think today is, uh, well, I should say today's topic is going to bring out some very fun four-letter words because I do get pretty passionate about um, the misinformation that a lot of us have been told including myself. Like this is stuff that I went through um, and it pisses me off because it's really not that hard to tell the truth. But if your main interest is money and you want to make money in the in the fitness industry and you only look at it from a monetary monetarial standpoint, then you don't give a shit about what's going on with the actual people that are taking this advice. And as I've developed as a coach, and I would say even in the last six months, one of the things I've realized is is that I've forgotten a lot of the same uh, roadblocks that I went through because they were so long ago for me. And a lot of my clients and the people that follow me are still going through those things. And I have a tendency to forget about that. And being more involved with my audience and being more involved with or coaching more people, I've started to I've started to remember what that's like and so I've I've kind of restoked the fire that um, that really fueled me in the very beginning I've always had a passion for fitness I've always had a passion for self-improvement um, but I think that as of late I've started to really realize just how bad um, it is out there for those that are trying to lose weight to improve their health how frustrating it can be how hopeless it can be a lot of the times. And so I created this episode specifically for those types of people that are going through that. And it, and it turns out that it's a very large audience of uh, a very large population within the audience that follows me on Instagram and Facebook. And so this episode is going to get colorful. It's going to get interesting and it's going to break some myths, which I hope that you listen to this a couple of times if you have a hard time um, you know, remembering it all because it is a lot of a lot of information. But I it, I want this to be a foundational episode for you if you deal with this. I want you to go back and listen to this because it's going to be a great reminder. And I oftentimes find that the people that I speak with understand this to a degree, but it's about being reminded in those really difficult moments that makes the biggest difference. So that's why I say. I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to this episode whenever you feel like you need to, okay? 
So today's topics are, this title is Your Scale is Fake News. That's That was a fun one to make. Realistic Body Weight Goals. That's a really big one. We'll get really in depth with that. And then Your Body Weight Versus Body Composition. This is probably going to take the majority of the episode because I really want you to start to think in these terms. I'm going to explain why it's important and why it can actually be easier to keep track of than something like your body weight. All right, so let's start with your scale is fake news. So one of the things that, that a lot of you understand is that your scale measures your weight as a total. But what our brains often will jump to is if our scale goes up that we're getting fatter and for those that might not know already or that need to be reminded your total weight and the weight that you have control of is something that varies very frequently so let's go ahead and go through the different types of weight and and quickly understand how frequently they fluctuate. So let's start with the one that makes the biggest difference to us, which is our fat weight. A lot of us step on the scale, it goes up, we automatically think we're fatter. You might even feel fatter, right? You might even feel bigger in your gut or maybe just, you know, bloated or puffy or, you know, however you want to describe it. And, you know, you can definitely go up in fat weight, but from on a day-to-day basis, your fat weight is not going to change in such a substantial way that you'll see it on a scale. Unless you somehow just, you know, made a such a large calorie surplus that you were overeating 2000 calories three straight days in a row, then there's a very large possibility that um, you are gaining enough fat to make a difference on the scale. But let's pretend that you're just kind of middle of the road. Like maybe you're not perfect, and I hope that you're not because I don't want you to be perfect. That life sucks. I've tried doing that, and it's miserable. But let's pretend that you're doing your best to stay in a caloric deficit, but every now and then you kind of eat a little bit more, and maybe you're now more in calorie maintenance. And maybe you've also been weighing yourself pretty consistently, and you notice that your weight is either not changing or it's going up a little bit. You, you're probably very frustrated. I would be if I didn't know any better. That's why I'm teaching you this. So let's go ahead and start with fat. Fat is going to increase noticeably, meaning that it's actually going to you know be fat on a weekly to bi-weekly basis. So when you weigh yourself on Monday and then you weigh yourself on Tuesday, if your weight goes up, it's not fat. Or if it is, it's such a small amount that it's not measurable on a traditional bathroom scale. It's mostly water. So fat doesn't accumulate very quickly. It certainly doesn't happen overnight. Nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, if your weight goes up from day to day, let's say it goes up on Monday, you weigh 200 pounds. On Tuesday, you weigh 201 or 202 pounds. That's water. right? That's water weight. And water weight has so many different variables to it, meaning that a lot of different things can influence your water weight. And your water weight should not be something that you're concerned with unless you're severely overweight and your water weight is a result of a lot of stress or a lot of 
uh, you know, simply just retaining water because your body thinks it's dying, essentially, or it's in, it's in survival mode. So in that case, it might be. But if, you know, if you're a relatively, you know, if you're overweight and you carry some excess water on your body, it's not a big deal. All right. Don't let the water weight affect your mindset and your approach. Okay. So we have water weight, we have fat weight, we have muscle weight, fat and muscle grow and decrease slowly. Water weight increases or decreases very quickly. Food weight. So when you eat a meal, your weight can go up one or two pounds depending on the size of your meal and how much fiber and protein was probably in there. So that can influence your weight. So as you can see, a lot of different things that have nothing to do with fat can influence your day-to-day weight. Now, when I work with people, I like to, for the first month, encourage them to weigh themselves every single day. It can be very difficult for a lot of people, but if they're under my guidance, I can teach them what the scale is doing. And one of the most powerful things you can do, not even it doesn't even have to be a scale, but one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself is to overcome that which gives you anxiety or fear or stress. If you can dive straight into it, and learn what's going on, you no longer fear or have anxiety around that scale. You learn what it means when your weight goes up. You learn what's truly something that you should pay attention to when your weight goes up and not these day-to-day fluctuations. Day-to-day fluctuations mean nothing. They truly don't because they change so rapidly and so quickly from day-to-day, from hour-to-hour, depending on how much you know salt or food or you know, uh, water you drink. I mean, my weight can change in two hours up to three pounds. And if you're weighing yourself very frequently, it feels like you're on a roller coaster. Sometimes your weight is down and you feel good and you take that as a, as, as a sense of accomplishment. And then when your weight goes up, you feel like a failure and you feel like you need to quit. Tell me if I'm wrong. If that's you, then you really, really, really need to listen to the rest of this podcast because I'm going to change the way you think about this for the better so that you don't have anxiety anymore. So remember, your, your scale only tells you what your total weight is. It doesn't tell you what portion of that is fat, muscle, water, digestible food, bone, tissue, things like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as of yet, there are no scales that will accurately tell you a lot of these numbers. Not, that, not one that you could afford in your house. The in-body scales that I've seen in gyms that cost thousands of dollars, they're pretty accurate. They actually will distinguish the difference between fat, water, muscle, and bone very accurately. Um, I have a scale at home that, that supposedly is supposed to measure my fat, my muscle, and my weight, and all the other stuff. But what I've noticed is, is that anytime my weight goes down, my fat goes down, and there's no way that's always the case. A lot of times, my weight will go down, and it's just water. It's not fat. So, you know, I've, I've had a change of thought since experimenting with these scales, and they really aren't as, you know, the take-home scales really aren't as accurate as, you know, I'd hope they would be. So that's another thing. Um... So if the scale is bothering you a lot and you haven't yet learned how to 
read a scale accurately, then I would recommend, unless you're going to get coaching, like if you want to sign up for coaching with me, I'm even thinking about doing a free 30 day um, scale challenge where you weigh yourself every single day for 30 days and you're part of a group with of other people and I am coaching you every single day through understanding the differences on a day-to-day basis with your weight so that you could at least understand what's going on. It's not important. Remember, day-to-day measurements are not important, but it's still important to know what's going on so that you can educate yourself so that when you're out on your own and you weigh yourself day-to-day, let's say, you know exactly what's going on. Because remember that a lot of times when we see a result on the scale, we think that we have to make an immediate action to either correct or continue the behavior that caused the weight to change. So for example, if your weight goes up, you might think immediately that you need to eat less calories, that there's something that you're doing wrong in that moment. And if your weight goes down, you continue to eat less calories or the same amount that you're eating for your weight to go down. And if you're doing this on a daily basis and your weight is fluctuating quite frequently, then you're consistently changing your calorie intake, which means that over time, you're not going to change your weight in the form of fat at all. So it's these little moments where we let the scale determine our course of action that makes the biggest difference. And we want to try to change that because, again, remember, a day-to-day weight really means nothing in the grand scheme of things. What I would recommend you do instead is, sure, if you want to weigh yourself every single day, I got nothing wrong with that. If you want to weigh yourself once a week, I got nothing wrong with that. But make sure that you take the average of whatever you're doing. If you're weighing yourself once a week, that's it is what it is. All right? And you measure that over the course of several weeks to see if there's a downward trend of any kind. And if there isn't in terms of weight, then make sure that you're also measuring fattier parts of your body, like your waist and your neck. Those are probably the two areas that fat accumulates where muscle really isn't that predominant. You know, it's different for men and women. Women have more fat Uh, sites, so to speak, more areas where they carry fat and men have less. Men typically have it around their waist and their neck, although there can be other places for sure, depending on, um, you know, just different body types and, and, and the way our genetics store fat. And then women, it's typically hips, thighs, upper arms, breasts, waist, waist and neck. So you can measure those sites if you want to. But remember, again, that your weight on a day-to-day basis is is insignificant. Okay? You should not be paying attention and making decisions on a day-to-day basis. It's possible that after three or four weeks, if you haven't lost any inches and you haven't lost any weight on the scale, that you've basically determined that you're at a standstill. You're at a plateau, as, the, as, as, as it's often referred to. And that's actually a very good place to be. I mean, any time you're tracking and keeping track of what's going on, it's a good place to be because all you have to do is make a small adjustment in the direction that you want to go in, which for most of you is weight loss, and you'll start seeing results. More times than not, the reason why people approach me for coaching is because they have no idea where they are. It's like if you were floating in space and you're like, I have no idea where I am. Like, I don't see Jupiter. I don't see the moon. I don't see the sun. Well, you probably see the sun, but... You know, you're floating in space. You're like, I don't know where I'm going. That's what happens for a lot of people. If you're not tracking in some kind of way, you don't have to be like, you know, a mathematician and track every single second of your day. But if you're not tracking your food intake and if you're not taking measurements and taking scale weights 
and tracking that stuff, then you have no idea what direction you're supposed to go in or if what you're doing is even important. So that's why I think that if you're struggling to lose weight and you're struggling to change your body composition, it's very important that you keep track of the data because you can make very accurate decisions based on that data. Okay, so anyway, there's that. The last thing I want to say in regards to your scale being fake news is that you can also measure other forms of progress. Like you, the, the scale is not the, it's probably the least accurate um, on, a, on a frequent basis. So like on a day-to-day basis, the scale is pretty inaccurate. Like it's a good long-term measuring tool. And if anything, it's good as a, as a tool for measuring things over a long period of time or just seeing a trend, right? It's, it's kind of a 7,000 foot view type of measurement. It's not really great for meticulous detail. So it's, it's good to do if you know how to use it, but if you don't, it can be very frustrating. So let's talk about some other ways that you can measure progress. I actually created an entire article with a list of this, and I think I even talked about this in an earlier podcast episode which is why I didn't want to spend too much time on this. Um, I believe it's actually the very first episode. And I think what I'm going to do is every like 10 episodes, I might just bring this topic back up because again, it's good to be reminded of it. And um, so, yeah. So other ways of measuring progress. If you are exercising, which you should be in any capacity, measuring your exercise endurance, so your stamina, is really important. I'm not saying you have to, you know, track how long you go for a walk, but if you start to notice that you're going about the same distance and you could go for longer, that's progress, right? When you go the same distance you've been going and you don't feel as tired, that's progress. If you're working out in a gym, which you probably aren't right now because it's still quarantine, but if you are working out at home and maybe push-ups are a real bastard for you and you can get five push-ups and on the fourth week of doing push-ups pretty consistently, you get to five and you feel good. So you get another two reps and now you have seven. That's a sign that you're making progress. That's a sign that you're changing your body composition. And when you change your body composition, you are decreasing fat and increasing muscle. So that's another sign of progress. Your muscle tone. I've had clients come up to me before a session after like, you know, two months and come up to me like, and they're just flexing. They're like, I want you to feel my muscle. I go, okay. So I, you know, feel their muscle. They're like, feel how firm that is? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, look, look, I'm doing that. And it's like, yeah, you are. That's a form of progress. Another thing to keep in mind is how do you sleep? What's your mood like? What's your energy like? All of these things tend to get washed behind the fact that our scale weight isn't changing. When really those are the signs that irregardless of what the scale says, you are making progress. So do not hold a lot of weight in what your scale tells you in terms of you making progress. That's another really important thing is that you can change your body composition pretty dramatically without changing your weight very dramatically. This happens more consistently consistently with people that are already relatively lean, or I shouldn't say lean, but not severely overweight or obese. If you're obese, then your weight is definitely going to change. Like if you weigh 400 pounds, you're not going to be a a healthy 400 pound person just by changing your muscle and your fat. You're going to, I mean, at a certain point, your weight, as it gets higher and higher into the, you know, the hundreds is a determination that that you're 
you have a lot of excess fat, right? You can't really build a lot of excess muscle, especially if your body type tends to be on the shorter side or the average side. So, you know, if you weigh 300 pounds and you're, you know, only 5'8", there's a good chance that, well, there isn't a good chance. You are over fat. And that's a good way of putting it too. Overweight is relative. Over fat is, is very, very easy to understand because it's relative to your own body type. Okay. So those are the ways that you can measure progress. All right. Very cool. So let's go ahead and move on to realistic body weight goals. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is that a lot of times either working with clients or reaching out to people on social media, which I love to do, by the way, if you're, if you listen to my podcast and you haven't reached out to me on social media, please come say hi. I'd love to know who you are. And I'd love to talk to you about your, your life and your goals and things like that. So feel free. I'm a very nice person. Um, yeah, I don't have, I don't need to talk about that, all that. You, you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, okay, cool. So let's talk about realistic body weight goals. Most people do not, do not have realistic body weight goals. They will usually pick a weight they were at a time when that weight made perfect sense for their age. <laughs> or that's the weight they were when they felt their best. Now, that can definitely be a possibility given certain circumstances. But remember that two different body weights can look very different in terms of like, you know, just physical appearance. You can have two people that weigh 180 pounds that look drastically different because their body composition is different. And this is something we'll talk about a little bit later after we talk about realistic body goals. But when you are trying to lose weight, I don't recommend picking a very specific weight because let's say that you look great, like in your own standards, you look and feel great, but you're still heavier than the weight goal that you had when you first started. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to be pretty disappointed, right? Because for some reason you have this idea that the weight matters more than how you feel or how you look to yourself or your body confidence. And that's a problem. Right? That's that's giving your weight too much credit in terms of your own individual value. And you're also losing sight of the things that actually make you happy, like body composition and how you feel and your mood and your energy and all these really, really important things that you should be defining by the quality of your health, not your weight. So what I would recommend is if you've set a weight goal and you're not really sure if that's realistic, or even if you think it's realistic, I would recommend not using that as a measuring tool of your success with weight loss. Because what happens if you suddenly get to the point where you feel really good and you look really good in your own standards and your and your weight isn't what you set out to be, you're still going to feel like a failure. So that's why I would recommend that you focus on body composition instead. So the way you look, the way you feel, the ratio of muscle to fat on your body, are you leaner than you were before? Do you like the way your face looks? You know, maybe you had a puffy or a, a face that was a little bit fatter and you didn't like that. And you've lost weight in the form of fat and 
now you like the way your face looks, right? That's more important than your total weight. So again, when we're, we're using the scale, we're giving it too much power. We're giving it too much power as a, what am I trying to say? We're giving it too much power and we're letting it define our value. And I understand this is very different for men than it is for women. Most of the people that reach out to me about this topic are women. Some are men. And I've gone through that myself. I've been very confused in the past what my weight should be. I've had doctors come up to me and say, you know, according to the BMI scale, you're overweight. And I'm like, do you want me to take my shirt off? Do I look overweight to you? But I could kick your ass. No, I don't really say that, but you know, that's what I feel. And we'll talk about BMI in a second, but you know, it's very confusing because there's an entire world out there that does value weight as a marker for health. And in the extremes, like severely underweight or severely overweight, knowing what your weight sort of kind of should be can be important. But for the vast majority of people, the average person, your weight is irrelevant if you don't first consider your body composition. I don't give a shit if you're 155 pounds and that's light to you, but you look like crap. You can't even lift a pencil off the ground because you don't strength train because you're worried about gaining muscle. Or you, you your mood sucks, Right? There's plenty of figure competitors that get down to a weight or wrestlers or people that where, where their weight actually matters for a sport or some illusion in their head that their parents gave them or society gave them or whatever that think that a weight will create happiness and value and all these different things. And a lot of those people hate their lives. They won't admit it because they think what they're doing is a belief. They have a belief that what they're doing is valuable and they're so focused on looking or or being a certain weight that they lose sight of all the other things that are actually important and that's something to to keep in mind so when you're setting goals for weight loss I do not recommend setting a weight that isn't very very accurate and in my opinion I don't even know if there's a way of figuring out what your weight should be. I mean, you can use charts where they'll say something like, you know, know, like for instance, the BMI scale, we'll just go ahead and jump into that topic, even though I was going to save it. BMI is like for for me, let's take mine just because I know it. My BMI for a healthy weight is 145 to 155 pounds. And that's even, that's probably even on the slightly heavier end. Does anyone want to take a guess what I weigh? 175. And yeah, I probably have a couple of, you know, I probably got like 10 or 15 pounds on my body that's fat that I probably don't need, but it's where my body sits when I'm just kind of in maintenance mode. Now, why would I be considered overweight or even on the verge of obesity? Because my weight is 175. Now, if you were to look at me, you'd go, yeah, no, I don't, you don't look overweight. Well, that's because the BMI was created by a mathematician who was basically just doing math formulas to try to figure out what the average weight would be for somebody my height. 
And without taking into consideration muscle mass or fat or water or bone density or any of that stuff, he came up with a number. And that number is supposed to be between 135 and 155. I'm 30 pounds, I'm 30 to 50 pounds heavier than what he says, and I'm not overweight. That's how fucked up the BMI scale is. So BMI can be, for those that are like, you know, really, really overweight, a, a somewhat, a, a target for some people. Okay, I won't say it's complete shit because I'm, for some people it might actually work, but if you are in the neighborhood of trying to build more muscle and you want to have a more muscular or toned physique, you are going to be heavier than your BMI recommended weight. It's 100% a fact. Okay, because the average muscle mass that they probably didn't even think to, to um, account for when they made these formulas is going to be very low compared to what you probably want if you want a lean physique. And I'm not saying you have to be completely muscle bound, but if you have any noticeable muscle mass, it's going to be it's going to add to your total weight, which is fine. You want that. But on a BMI, if you're comparing what your weight should be based on a BMI scale or a chart or whatever, you're going to be off by at least 10 pounds. And if you're using that as the gold standard, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to think you're a failure. But you're not which beautifully segues without complete intention into the next topic, which is body weight, or I'm sorry, body composition versus body weight. So I want to encourage you in this part of the episode to think in terms of body composition and no longer think in terms of body weight. Body weight, I think I've used this example a couple of times. So if it's boring to you by now, I'm sorry. But using body weight as a measuring tool for success is kind of like trying to run Instagram on an iPhone one right now. It wouldn't be able to keep up. It would, it would be the worst tool for the job other than something that doesn't even work as a phone or a program of some kind. Body composition as a focus is like using Instagram on an iPhone 11. It's very accurate, it works really well, and it doesn't take a lot of effort because the processor is really good. Or in this case, the process is very accurate. So a, a scale weight can help tell you what your weight did over time, but it really doesn't give you a great guidance. And I use the scale for some people because it's the only way they can track their progress. Although I've converted a lot of people into using at least an old pair of clothes that fit too tightly or getting a, a body measuring tape, which costs literally like $3 on Amazon. It might take forever for you to get it at this point because Amazon's only sending essential stuff right now, but that's beside the point. So thinking in terms of body composition and not body weight, what is your fat to muscle ratio? Okay, you know, if you were to get your body fat checked, what percentage of fat would be on your body? Okay, whatever number it is, Provided you, you know, actually have a higher body fat number. So high for men is usually somewhere between 20 to 30, if not higher. And for women, it's usually 30 or higher is in the unhealthy or, you know, slightly dangerous range in terms of health. Men and women have very different ranges. Men, you know, anywhere between 10 to 
18% body fat is a good healthy range. And that's when you'll start seeing more muscle definition and some more abs, especially as you get closer to 10. And then for women, you know, in terms of body fat percentage, you really don't want to get much lower than 17, 18, unless you're naturally thin, like you naturally sit at a weight. But if you are, you're probably not listening to this. And it can go all the way up to like 28%, even 30, you know, in, in some cases. Um, and you can still look lean, healthy, and, uh, you know, be in good health. So it's a very different for men and women. Um, but yeah, no matter where you are in that body fat scale, if you can do something to decrease it, that's really important. That's what you should be measuring. And if your body fat, like, here's a great, here's a great way to think about this. Let's say you are out to lose body fat. Let's say you're out to lose weight, but you really know that you want to lose fat. And you weigh 175 pounds. Let's just use my weight because it's the one I know. And let's say over six months, you only lose two pounds on the scale. But you change your body composition dramatically where you build eight to 10 pounds of muscle and you lose uh, 10 to 12 pounds of fat. So that would be, you know, a net of two pounds, if my math is correct, which it usually isn't. But in this case, I use small numbers, so I should be okay. So you only lost two pounds on the scale, but when you look at your progress photos, it's a whole different person. You see definition of muscle in your arms and your legs. Your your belly is, is slimmer, right? You can put on a pair of pants you couldn't, you couldn't wear, you know, or you could only wear five years ago. So at that point, who the fuck cares what your weight is? Who the fuck cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter one bit because you've literally changed your body composition. You're leaner, you're happier, you're more confident in your body. Who gives a shit what your weight is? It makes zero difference. I'll tell you a quick story. I worked with a woman for an entire year and this exact same thing happened to her. She was, uh, at the time, she was about 56, I believe. She weighed 165 pounds. She was, uh, I believe, 28% body fat. This is a while ago, so I I might be a little off. And um, she came to me because she wanted to start lifting weights. You know, she saw how important it was. She she was in a routine, and then her gym closed down. And she came and she saw me, and she said, I'd like to start lifting weights again. I said, okay, cool. So we did her body fat, 28%. And I worked with her for a year. And over that time, she went from 165 to 163. Now, along the road, she was very upset that her weight wasn't changing. She was considering changing her nutrition completely. She was going to cut calories even more. And I told her, I said, listen, you're already doing really good with nutrition. There's no reason to change anything. What you need to do is be patient it's going to happen. You are the most consistent client that I have right now. You lift three times a week. You lift heavy. You're not afraid of heavy weights. You eat well. I've seen your food logs. It's like you're like 85 to 90% whole food nutrition. You keep it under wraps. You don't overdo it. You're fine. You need to wait. You need to have patience. And I had to keep telling her that. And after a while, she didn't really understand what was going on. She thought that maybe I was crazy or something. And I said, look, We've been measuring your body fat consistently every two weeks for, let's see, at that time it was about eight months. And she went from 28% body fat to 23% body fat. That's 5% difference. 
Now, her weight didn't change much because she added muscle mass and she lost fat at fairly equal ratios. It wasn't perfectly equal, but it was fairly equal. That's body composition change. And I asked her at the very end, I said, do you even give a shit what your weight is anymore? And she was honest. She goes, yeah, I do. And I go, okay, why? Because when I was in college, I weighed 160 pounds. I said, okay. When you were in college, could you deadlift 95 to 105 pounds? She goes, no. I said, could you carry your grandchildren on your arm easily? No, couldn't do that, right? Let's make a list of all the things you can do now that you, you know, that you weigh three pounds more, which is not even a big deal. And she started to realize that she was putting too much value on her weight, that she had actually improved her life being three pounds heavier than she was in college. And I said, you put too much value on your weight. You're, you're using it as the only way to, that you are in your mind measuring whether or not you're doing a good job. So let's expose you to all the things that you've either already accomplished or that you can do now that you couldn't do before that has nothing to do with your weight. And let's focus on that. And I'm happy to say that within about a month and a half, she no longer had to work with me. And by the way, I don't know if this is a common understanding amongst non-trainers or clients, but I'm doing my job right if you don't have to work with me your entire life. If you want to work with me your entire life because it's easier to do so and you don't have to create your own workout programs or keep track of your nutrition, that's fine. But no client should be dependent on a trainer. Every trainer or coach should have the goal of making their clients independent so that they can live their lives very simply with a few modifications to their workouts and their nutrition and mindset, most importantly, I would say. So body composition should be your focus, not the scale. Now, just because your focus is body composition doesn't mean you shouldn't use a scale. No, it doesn't. I still use a scale. I just, every time I step on it, though, I laugh because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I had pizza last night. Pizza has a lot of sodium. I'm probably retaining at least three pounds of water right now. And you can feel it. You feel it in your stomach. You feel it in your arms. You can especially feel it in your hands. So it's better to learn how to use a scale effectively than it is to always be afraid of it or always let it control your emotions. And I'm definitely um, not somebody who steps on the scale and has zero emotional reaction. I still have an emotional reaction, but it's not very strong. And it's usually followed up with reason because I understand what the scale is telling me. I understand how it's measuring and what it's measuring. It's measuring my total weight. It's not measuring my worth as a human. It's not even measuring uh, whether or not I, I consumed uh, the right amount of calories. There have been plenty of times where I've been in a calorie deficit and my weight's gone up. In fact, the majority of the time, my weight has gone up first before it goes down. I was in a calorie deficit, I think, of, of about 400 calories when I was tracking. And for a week, my weight didn't change. Not one bit. Then, over the weekend, I had probably more like maintenance calories. I wasn't eating perfectly in a deficit. My weight went up. That made perfect sense. It's not always going to make perfect sense. And then the following week, at least the first half of the week, my weight went up another pound and then stalled. Now, had I not known anything about you know measuring weight and water retention and all these things that happen when you're trying to lose weight, I probably would have been like, screw this and just binge ate and, and gave given up essentially. 
but I knew that there's usually a rise before the fall, especially with weight. And sure enough, by Thursday and Friday, I dropped two and a half pounds. So sometimes just knowing the road that you're going to travel makes a big difference, which is why getting a coach can be a huge benefit or following a coach who knows weight loss. Like you listening to this right now, you're 99.9% better off than anyone else who's out there trying to lose weight on their own because you know what to expect. I'm literally giving you the expectations. Your weight probably won't change. It will probably go up, but it doesn't mean you're not losing fat. If you can just remember that, then you'll be, again, 99.9% better off than anyone else out there trying to lose weight. So here's a couple of tips for focusing on body composition. For the love of God, do some kind of strength training. Do not run six miles a day and only focus on burning calories to lose weight. I got nothing against running. But when you're thinking about long-term weight loss that stays off, muscle mass preservation or building should be your number one priority. Cardio should fill the gaps. Whether you like to run or walk or do the elliptical or whatever, that's fine. Got nothing against it. But your priority should be muscle preservation or muscle building, depending on you know how early you are into your, your weightlifting routine. And then eating an adequate amount of protein, you know, somewhere in the, you know, 25 to 35% of total calories. I give a pretty wide range because everyone's a little bit different. As you start to get leaner, you probably need more protein because you have more muscle to preserve. In the beginning though, I like to start people off at like 25, 30% and then slowly build from there. That's it. And be consistent, but I, that's that should be implied. <laughs> so, again, let's focus on body composition and not body weight. I don't care if you track your body weight, but don't let it have an effect on your decision making. That's a bad idea. Body composition, that measures what your weight is doing. And it doesn't give a shit about what your weight is. Because all it is is shifting the majority of your weight in one direction or another. Okay. All right. So I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on these episodes. I want to try to stay anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour so that you have an opportunity to listen to this at least in a day's worth of time or when you're traveling. Um, thanks a ton for listening. By the way, if you like this podcast and you like these episodes and you like this content, I would really appreciate a rating on Apple iTunes or you know, wherever you're listening, because that would really help not only get this podcast out, but it would also give me feedback on what I can do to improve if you think there's something that can be improved, or just to give me a quick little shout out and say thanks for doing these episodes, because I really do enjoy doing them, and and your feedback makes a huge difference with, uh, you know, the type of content that I create, or knowing whether or not this is interesting to you, because I don't want to just talk about what I like to talk about, I want to talk about what's best going to serve you. All right. So thanks again for listening. Um, I will see you in a future episode. And by the way, I'm going to start doing my best to do two episodes a week. Okay. At the very least, um, I've been ramping these up. I really enjoy doing podcasts. So you can expect to see sort of a new schedule. I've been doing it every single Monday. I'm going to try to do it Mondays and Thursdays now. So be on the lookout for that. 
All right, I got to get going. Thanks a ton for listening to this episode, and I will see you in a future episode.